passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your Elimination Chamber Review. It's John Pollock and Wei Ting coming at you on a Saturday at noon Eastern time where I'm going to officially nominate way more WWE international events. However many millions these governments have to pay fine. I I love 5 a.m. Start times for a WWE show could do these into eternity. I could get used to them for sure. Yeah. Uh, they really work out. You know, it's nice. You wake up in the morning, you watch your show, we do our podcast and then we have the rest of our evening. It's, it, it, it's a lovely experience. I thought that this was a, a tremendous start. Did you, what time did you start watching this on? Um, I, I, I woke up at like six something um, just cause it seems to be my normal schedule these days. Uh, and I just watched a bit, took a break, kind of took care of Oscar and then finished it. It was relatively relaxing. Yeah. There, there was no prayer of me waking up at 5am to watch a WWE show that I knew like, this thing, four matches, in three and a half hours. No thanks to watching that live. But hey, no. man, I started around 7, 7 a.m. or so. Easy breezy watch is what my official review is. So, I mean, um, now that they're doing these PLEs at about like, yeah, four matches, five matches sometimes. It's very much like the format of, of a UFC. So are, are you the same with the UFC or do you prefer watching those in real time? Um, the UFC cards, I mean, I'm typically for, for the pay-per-views, I am watching them in real time. But it, it, it's almost like there are the built-in intermissions and such. I, I've always said, like, for the UFC cards, and, and granted, I would not be doing this for all the fight nights and stuff like that where they can certainly drag on. But for the pay-per-views, like, they're super long, like, in actual length. But I, ne- I never feel that um, that drain that that sometimes you will get on like a pro wrestling card, for for instance. Um, mainly the WWE ones. Like, there is a lot that you can cut down if it's not... Uh, necessary as well but i found Why this is that? i i think it, it's as well it's 
like with with the fights, I mean, if there is a quick finish, you know that you've got like 20 minutes pretty much that they're going to fill and depending like they're just playing with their television window and you know, you're you're not necessarily going to get um a broadcast that is completely full of fights. So, it breaks it up a bit more whereas I think for the wrestling shows, like if you're watching it in real time, there's still storyline developments and things that if we're talking about it, like we have to follow if they're doing backstage interviews and segments and vignettes and and stuff like that. UFC, it's it's not as pertinent if they're just doing, you know, a feature on one of the main event guys. It's kind of less uh, lean in to but, follow. But yeah, you feel less drag with the UFC? I do for, for the most part. Um, not, 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 um, I mean, it's, it's just not the, the, the same drain to me. It, it depends on the card too. I mean, not every card I'm going to say is, is the same. There's going to be fights that drag, of course. Um, but I do find like that the pacing is pretty strong on UFC shows. Interesting. Okay. Uh, before we get into uh, today's show, did want to mention a few stories that are up on the site. We've got uh, a rundown of the new beginning card from Sapporo today with both Kazuchika Okada and Tamatonga's send-offs uh, from, from the company. As well, a uh, very sad story involving uh, Buffalo area wrestler Anthony Gaines, who uh, died suddenly at the age of 30. Uh, we have a story up on him. Uh, he was, you know, he had wrestled for almost 10 years in the, the Western New York area, had done some shots up here in Toronto for smash wrestling. And he was part of a pretty viral clip a number of years ago with Ace Romero. Yeah, if you see the the clip, you'll remember the spot where it was a pounce from Romero and Gaines just flew out of the ring. And this thing got it was just one of those wrestling clips that went everywhere. It looked incredible. Um Anyway, very sad story involving uh, Anthony Gaines. I mean, 30 years old, a very, very tragic story. But that story is up uh, on the site. Also, we want to uh, wish congratulations to Bronson Reed, who announced this morning. Originally, I was set to be at the Elimination Chamber. It would have been an incredible moment. Unfortunately, plans changed. But everything happens for a reason. My wife and I have had our baby early. I was supposed to miss the PLE to make sure I'm here for my family. Thank you for all the support to my friends and family who have reached out and to Triple H for guiding me. Now, I'm not just big. I'm Big Papa. Okay. All right. Holding, holding up on pump uh, for, for the, the full nickname. But uh, congratulations to Bronson Reed. And I, I bring this up because this is, you know, of things that we have certainly been, um, you know, focusing heavily on now about just problems in the, in the industry. And God knows there are uh, plenty of them that we can look at. I will say one great development is the fact that in another generation, um, a guy just being home for the birth of his child was almost unheard of that it would just be without thinking you would be on the road. And for an event like this, um, the guy would be on the road and, and missing out on these situations. This is one area that has considerably improved for the industry where uh, I think these take much, much greater priority than they did. I, I would say like e even in this generation, like this is, uh, a very positive advancement in the industry that you see this kind of thing it's encouraged and it is um and, and it's not something that is you know that th this is kind of the, the norm now very much so yeah there really is nothing to prove you know to to be able to say hey i'm so tough 
I'm so like, I don't know, um, willing to sacrifice that I'm, I'm willing to miss the birth of my child. There's nothing bigger in your life than a moment like that. Well, it was also the pay was, was tied to a lot of this. Like we're not in the era now where, you know, you're missing out on like, you know, your, your Christmas night house show. That was the big draw that you were, you would be losing money by missing a date or a pay-per-view payoff was so significant that you'd be like, a lot of it was financially motivated. And it was, but it was also drilled into you. You just don't miss shows. And this is like, look at this. This is a, this is a, a major pay-per-view and this is not something like, like this shouldn't even be a, a debate, but in pro wrestling, it was sort of like, you just, I, I'm very happy to see that this is not kind of the the mentality that I think, you know, you listen to a lot of um, uh, children that grew up as father, uh, as sons and daughters of promote of performers, especially in that seventies and eighties period. Um, that they they just did not see their parents a whole lot, and that's really a terrible thing when you grow up and you you don't have uh, that kind that kind of relationship with the, with your family. Certainly, and we had wondered if uh, Bronson Reed, you know, um, was going to be a part of this show, and I guess I just assumed that you know there wasn't a spot for him, even even though he he is from the area. But this is obviously. Um, I'm sure he would have been reason. in the Lashley. Like Lashley was the one who beat him in the qualifier. Like Lashley did not need to be in this match. I would think he was probably the um, the the replacement for this, this yeah, spot. Yeah. So we are going to uh, dive into the show from Optus Stadium in Perth, Western Australia. As Mark Shapiro had noted uh, back in December, this is part of a series of events that TKO has struck a deal with the government uh, for $16 million, and it includes this Elimination Chamber show. So probably we can expect at at some point the UFC to be going back to Australia, if not uh, more WWE shows. But they did note the figure was for a series of events, presumably starting with this one as well. Incredible crowd, incredible atmosphere. I would say overall, just to get my broad view of the show out, I thought this was like a good show. I wouldn't say any of the matches were just like blow away match of the year candidates, but it was lifted by a great crowd and the atmosphere looked awesome. Like this stadium looked uh, like beyond state of the art, like the overhead shots, the production was a plus like from the fireworks, the skyline, everything looked incredible. Agreed. Agreed. Um, you know, let's remember Elimination Chamber traditionally has been sort of a B-level event. And maybe when you're strictly looking at this card on paper, if it was in any other place without being in, in a stadium, it, it might just look like that level of show. But because it was in an, a place that they very infrequently go go to war to, and because of the size of the of the crowd and because of um what it meant to several of the performers, two of the performers at least on the show, it felt that much more special. It felt like, you know, like it had the same sort of like, I don't know, special quality to it that maybe a SummerSlam ninety two might have. So for this this in-between pay-per-view between the Rumble and WrestleMania, they have found the formula. Go mm-hmm. to a location and build a show around the local hero, whether it be Sami totally. Zayn or Rhea Ripley. I mean, that's something you could do throughout the year. But yeah, like they've done it for the past two Elimination Chambers too. I think tremendous effect. So the announcers are Michael Cole and Corey Graves. And Michael Cole made sure on multiple occasions to remind us it is Corey Graves' 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. Well, happy birthday to for him. Corey Graves. That's a big one. Yes. The kickoff show saw the Kabuki Warriors defending the women's tag titles against Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. For those that uh, that needed a hardcore, solid storyline here, the storyline was 
Adam Pierce found these two in catering and told them, hey, <laughs> want a tag title shot? Yes. And Indy Hartwell gets a tag title shot in her home country. Uh, you had wondered maybe, or I wonder at least, you know, at what point uh, they decided to put this match on because it's it's unusual these days that they would have a wrestling match uh, on a kickoff show. I I I don't even really remember the last time they might have had one. They've done the occasional one over. The, I feel there's been like one or two that they've done over the. But yeah, primarily they've been getting away from them, but not but, completely exempt. But I would say no real build at all for for this title challenge. I don't even know if I've seen like Indian Candice win a match to earn the opportunity. But you know the story was Indy Hartwell's in her home country, and that was it. Warm up and, the crowd with a great response. And that, that, that's exactly it. And I think it's nice to see them provide something like that for, you know, it would have been nicer if they had a story leading up to it. But nonetheless, um, just having the sort of feel of somebody wrestling in a giant stadium in front of their home country, it, it, it automatically gives you a bit of a story. Michael Cole, he had his his history of Australia notes ready on on the flight over, noting that Indy Hartwell trained at the PCW Academy training or working at for World Series Wrestling and Riot City Wrestling. The uh back when she was Indy Hartwell. Okay. Hartwell. Well, thank you. Who how, how many people went into these notes? Do you think it it was Cole doing the notes himself or does he have a Chris Samsa working for him or a team of Chris Samsas? I don't know, but it could certainly be a, a sponsored segment. Like maybe Slim Jim presents Cole's notes. If I was into it, I think I would prefer this over the other into it. Um or the the AEW Intuit move of the night. Well, thankfully we didn't have an an into Intuit uh, tax turbo spiked head move of the night on yeah. on this particular show. Crowd is red hot for Indy chanting for her. They come in with this double team spot that they compared to the Koala Challenge, and they just cut off the ring with Candice and man, this crowd. Candace would just reach and reach her arm, and the crowd's like, please touch Indy, tag her in. And they're so antsy for it. Finally, she gets the tag, and Indy rams the heads together, spine buster to Kyrie on top of Asuka. And then she goes for an assisted rope walk, holding on to Candace's hand. But then Candace gets yanked off the, the apron. Therefore, Indy is knocked off balance and sets up the insane elbow. And Candace LeRae takes the fall at eight minutes and 39 seconds. So your champions retain. As expected, it. I was actually fine with this. It was, you know, they're, they're not doing anything with Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Yes, it's the uh, the opening match, but you were getting your big Australian win at the end of the night as opposed to in this opener. Well, and let's at least say that um, Indy didn't take the pinfall, which I think in another time would have been standard practice. No, the other, if it was, you're right, but it also would have been Indy coming out saying, I came back here to Australia and I thought, God, I'm glad I moved to the United States. Would have tried <laughs> yeah, to turn her totally. on the on the ground for sure. <laughs> yeah, but this was like a very standard match. Um, otherwise, just kind of made very special because of this audience and because of Indy Hartwell. And I think it's extra special that it's somebody like Indy because we've basically seen her entire career trajectory. You know, from NXT, uh, from I think a very sort of. Um, inexperienced level to getting at least this moment which for a time i mean i don't know if like i feel i feel like it was even in doubt whether or not she'd make it out of the pc so the fact that she at least um did and then now has at least a moment like this attached to her career i i mean it was kind of heartwarming to see honestly they man they 
they really have leaned in on the the arrival shots, which overall I like. They did about 800 of them. I think the entire roster was accounted for here. I think we can like limit it a little, although it was nice seeing Kevin Owens arrive with a koala that I hope was uh, that this was like a legal transfer of a of a of an animal. It seems like something they've seems like something they've standardized into their production um and i i don't just agree that like it might be overdoing it at one point but but maybe it's just something we just have to get used to and you know it'll just kind of blend into the background eventually yeah overall like i like the idea of it but this is one of those like wwe things like man we like something let's just do it to death um michael cole really proud of this one that Liv morgan has renamed this event the elimination chamber yeah they're really trying to push that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're pushing over 50,000 in attendance. We would get the uh, the Kim Kardashian spot later in the show via Paul Lebeck. Um, if you listen to Rewind Away, you'll get that. If not, <laughs> Rewind Away, number 151. Opening the show, it's the women's chamber match. Becky Lynch, Naomi, Liv Morgan, Tiffany Stratton, Raquel Rodriguez, and Bianca Belair. They have also, um, I like this shift that Corey Graves notes that Naomi went away and traveled the wrestling globe. So we've evolved from this person disappeared into thin air for two for a year and now has reappeared. She has just sat in a room for a last year. She she has been traveling the wrestling globe. And and what exactly does the wrestling globe entail? Um TNA's, you know, select cities and markets it runs in the mm-hmm. basically US. Right. Cuz has do we know if Trinity has has worked any any place other than Windsor? You know? I think she made her way up to Windsor you know the wrestling globe okay <laughs> once you've been to windsor you might as well have been everywhere in the world yes there's a massive reaction for becky lynch i would say the loudest of the six coming out although in the body of the match like the crowd gravitated a lot towards tiffany stratton that was the big surprise in, in my opinion i mean nothing about this would have told you that tiffany stratton would have received one of the biggest single reactions um she's the lone heel of the bunch yet this was a crowd that very much gravitated towards her for whatever reason um, and Stratton, maybe let's just even focus and talk about her a little bit. <laughs> what a jump in terms of exposure for her. I mean, like what, like a month and a half ago was this person wasn't even on the main roster, uh, relatively inexperienced in her pro wrestling career. And to all of a sudden be pushed into this giant stadium show in one of the featured co-main events as the only heel with the crowd cheering for her. Tremendous, tremendous pressure on somebody like her. And it hasn't been the smoothest move up to the main roster, at least uh, like in ring wise. I th- I thought she looked a bit better on on SmackDown. It was a tape mm-hmm. match with with Liv Morgan. I, ha- I I thought that this was actually a better showcase for her because listen, we have seen some of the some of the big NXT matches. It's like you get to kind of drill these matches down, and you knew this was going to be a match that was going to be yeah, planned out and. Like Tiffany Stratton strikes me as somebody that is still green in certain levels in terms of like the, the spontaneity and, and improv that comes with televised pro wrestling. But an event like this, if she can like map out like big stuff, she can uh, she can follow the game plan very strong. And, you know, you built to the big swanton spot with her like this was a match that I think catered to, you know, what we see in that NXT system is that it is sort of when you can sort of like map out sort of a, a game plan. And you're also talking about people at this point in the PC who are super athletes, you know, world class level athletes and, um, you know, people who are also probably used to performing under high pressure situations. And I felt she totally lived up to maybe those standards tonight. 
at 5 a.m. Eastern time, Michael Cole is promoting they are the number one trend in the U.S., which sounds like what an accomplishment at 5 a.m. Like what what else is trending at 5 a.m. In the, in the U.S.? I mean, what was our competition at 5 a.m.? Not to say that this was not a popular show, but I mean, it's like. <laughs> I mean, um, I don't know. I don't know who, who's Drunk usually tweets, tweeting at I those mean, hours. Like what else is coming out at 5 a.m.? Yeah. Cole notes that people are out there having parties all night long. Wait, we really missed the boat on this. We could have had a party together. I was having a party um, with uh, with uh, under just sleeping in dreamland. Yeah. Becky and Naomi start the match and there's a chance for Becky. Becky's driven into the fence. Naomi did the spot coming off the fence with a did the splits into a leg drop that I mean, looked uh, like how can I rip my groin here in Australia was like the, the attempt here. Um, they start chanting for Stratton and she ends up being next. Tiffany comes in multiple handsprings as they're promoting her USA gymnastics background and then lifts both women on her shoulders. But Naomi rolls off and the prettiest moonsault ever gets stopped with a side Russian leg sweep off the turnbuckle. Liv Morgan enters fourth for the elimination chamber. If you missed it the first time as Cole also repeats missed nearly a year of action before returning at the Royal Rumble again she was out from July to January almost a year and then Naomi comes off the pod with a blockbuster onto Liv Morgan identified as a sunset flip Stratton Stratton then capitalizes rolling up Naomi and Naomi is the first one out and she just smacks the mat in frustration all the traveling around the wrestling globe and she's the first one out she was yeah um I guess when you look at the field here, you know, um, it, it, it was fine and maybe like even made sense that she was the first. I, I'm maybe a little bit disappointed and I know a lot of people might be because she's just being reintroduced. But um, so is Liv Morgan. And I thought like if it was kind of either the two that you would probably had last until the final three. And I think Liv had the stronger reason to um win the match because of her revenge story with Rhea Ripley Naomi at least they gave her the the opening five minutes here to wrestle with Becky a little bit disappointing that we didn't get you know the full light show because it was still daylight here so um I was kind of anticipating like seeing that entrance in that stadium but maybe uh maybe at Mania you'll get it yeah when you look at that graphic between returns and debuts like that's four of the six right there that are Mm -hmm. like even Raquel she's been out Liv's been out for uh you know, six months, which is like a year. And then, uh, and then Tiffany gets the call up too. So, I mean, you can kind of see the picture here of, um, you know, where you can understand someone kind of getting lost in the shuffle. And I think you could fairly say, state that with Naomi over this past month since she has returned from uh, touring the wrestling globe. Um, Raquel Rodriguez was the next one in. Michael Cole notes, very impressive 86 rating on 2K24. And then uh, swings Stratton into the fence. She's playing the, the big monster role. Just everyone gangs up on her with a triple stack, and she kicks out of that. Bianca Belair is the last one in, and this was like a Princess Leia outfit she was in. Would I be correct in uh, um, signing that? I mean, I didn't notice personally. Was, okay. was it? I could be wrong. I'm not the uh, the expert on this, but that's, that's what... Did you hear that me. from somewhere? No, that's just what it looked like to me. Um, I, I I didn't pay particular attention. Well, she squares off with with how Raquel. many Star Wars have you have you even seen? Um, three. Oh, okay. So you you know, um, you would know a Princess Leia outfit if you saw one. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, All it's right. been a while. So, B- 
Bianca squares off with Raquel. Raquel like lifts her up, but then Belair uses the fence for momentum to bounce herself off the top rope and delivers a DDT to Raquel, which looked very impressive. Liv comes off the pod with this seated senton to Raquel. I don't know who this hurt more. This looked like she came like straight down on her tailbone uh, with this senton. She didn't have a whole lot of room to move. Stratton and Becky get on the pod and Becky is shoved off onto Raquel and then Stratton is left there to deliver a swanton onto Raquel, Becky and Belair. And this is when the crowd goes nuts. And this is often the strategy that they utilize in these chamber matches is when someone does their big move, like you can set your watch to it. They're getting eliminated momentarily. And that was the case here because after Stratton hits this swanton, Liv hits her with oblivion off the turnbuckle and is pinned and the crowd boos this heavily. They're chanting bullshit and Liv just played with it. She's like making the the crying uh, signal to the crowd and they just moved on. But yeah, this was an audience that, I mean, if there was the sentimental favorite for whatever reason, it was Tiffany Stratton. It was, yeah, and maybe maybe it calls to like you know often we see either with a an English crowd or a Canadian crowd, um, sometimes like these areas that aren't served as much with pro wrestling, um, might invite some of the more um I don't know bizarre world level kind of like hardcore type of fan, um, fans who might you know want to cheer for a heel um that they just seem to really respect and 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 be excited by rather than you know whoever the show wants you to to promote and tonight it was Tiffany Stratton but man if you're the WWE you have to be happy with this reaction i mean this is a brand new project of yours and she in a stadium setting received this sort of ovation um and i thought again she lived up to the challenge you know again she's the heel the only heel in this entire bunch and uh, all the attention was on her she was uh, a, an integral part of, of several major spots had a beautiful swanton off the top of the cell um and had an otherwise i think very impressive role you know this was probably the the first evening where you you if you had any sort of um inkling that she could be a future main eventer i thought tonight kind of maybe cemented some of those feelings there was one takeaway i had on smackdown i mean it wasn't like the most newsworthy show but they had a segment backstage with grayson waller austin theory and logan paul and these three together these three should be attached at the hip they are jay just played off each other so well they're equal assholes distributed and i think these three as a group and tiffany stratton part of this group that's a dynamic faction. I think that those four would make for a, a compelling group, but especially those three, it really struck me that they, th- these three would greatly benefit from each other. And I think Logan adds a bit of uh, more star quality to um, the pack. I, I I would love to see more inter- some interaction between Stratton and, uh, and, and, and Logan Paul. I think those two would be a lot of fun together, whether or not they could be an ongoing faction. I mean, creatively, maybe, maybe there's something there, but um, for now, I think she, she's, she's doing great just existing on her own. So then, then Raquel thwarted off the disarmer and Liv comes in and Liv and Becky take a double Tejana bomb, but that allows Belair to lift up Raquel with the KOD pinning Raquel. She's gone. Belair goes for a 450 splash, but Becky gets the knees up and a KOD gets countered by Liv Morgan. And we get into the final three here with Liv, Becky and Belair. Manhandle slam to Belair is countered with a backflip out of the corner. Then she goes for the KOD. Becky lands on her feet. So Liv rolls up Belair from behind and catches her. Belair is just so beside herself in frustration that she got caught. And then we see an immediate manhandle slam to Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch wins the match. 32 minutes and 15 seconds and they did quite 
um, they made a focus of Bel Air afterward that I can see her uh, playing up this this loss for mm-hmm. some some future story. But um, overall, like I thought, I thought it was like a pretty well booked match. Audience was very uh, very heated for it. Uh, Tiffany Stratton maybe semi surprised uh, how much they were into her as well. But it was a it was a well laid out match, and I think you you went into this with a very strong uh, belief that Becky was going to win this match. And kind of Liv and Bianca were sort of your afterthoughts that you had to build up at the end. It was the right final three combo to have. I think so, too. Yeah. I was surprised at how engaged I was throughout the entirety of this match, given how much they've telegraphed Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley, like for at at this point, what feels like months now. Um, But I thought there was enough action here that was like, uh, well, you know, uh, planned out, well executed, a lot of big dives, cool looking offense. Um, I thought everybody was given a pretty good excuse to be eliminated here. And I thought in particular in this match, more so even than the men's match, um, there was a lot of like interesting use of the cage throughout you know it's a very tough structure to work in but i thought the six of them like found creative ways of 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 using it um i i think raquel actually you know you can't help but like watch this match and think about whether or not jade cargill was actually supposed to be in this spot and um i don't i mean i'm sure they would have made jade look great in in a sort of like a slightly you know differently booked role but Raquel I thought was dependent upon so much here to be a base for the rest of the women and I thought she did a great job you know um taking care of everybody and um I can't say it was a bad call at all you know to, to put her into this match if the, if in fact that was a change um Liv I actually felt like looked pretty good here as well you know I thought she's been kind of lacking as a character and maybe even on the microphone but I don't think she lacked any confidence in ring here she she looked about as as good as I've, I've seen her before and then of course you have Bianca and Becky your superstars Becky playing Iron Woman in this match and Bianca she and Tiffany are sort of like your PC you know super athletes but Bianca shows you with experience with just you know exposure on the big stage and a fully formed character what you get and she 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 seems very fully realized at this point. And then Becky Lynch, she has now achieved a lifelong goal. She puts her finger to the sky, points towards her destination, and that destination, NordVPN.com slash post wrestling. It is 2024, and tracking technology from advertisers, ISPs, and hackers is getting more sophisticated than many of us can understand. Something you can do to give yourself a bit more peace of mind this year is to protect your browsing by investing in a trusted VPN like NordVPN. Voted Best VPN for Privacy of 2023 by Security.org, Nord is one of the most established and reputable VPN providers in the field. NordVPN is also something I use every day to access geo-blocked online streaming services like AEW+. By far the best way of watching AEW programming commercial-free with on-demand access to AEW's entire TV archive. But perhaps the most value I've gained from using Nord has been the ability to unlock cheaper prices to online content from other parts of the world. And from now until March 20th, when you sign up at NordVPN.com slash postwrestling, receive four bonus months of discount pricing on all two-year plans. Plus, users in the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Australia receive an Uber Eats voucher valued from $10 to $30 with their standard, plus, complete, or ultimate plan. Again, that's NordVPN.com slash postwrestling. Sign up for as low as $2.91 a month and enjoy some free Uber Eats, along with all the benefits of a premium VPN like Nord's. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, 
Their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister. And putting away more money for retirement, because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Seamless. <laughs> I'm the best at this, aren't I? <laughs> Should we come up with a NordVPN move of the night, perhaps? Uh, the move of the night is you texting me as I forgot to throw to it earlier. <laughs> That's the move of the night, okay? As I uh, fell on top of my head realizing that. Then we went to a video package on Bailey, uh, which featured the WWE tried and true method, finding a current wrestler as a fan in the crowd. They're undefeated in this realm. Mm. So. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Damian Priest, Finn Balor against the new catch Republic of Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. As Corey Graves notes, their team name sounds like something my wife buys clothes from the new catch Republic. And that Bate reminded Dunne who he was a man. You are a man. Yeah. (laughs) Not Uh a dog. So uh, Dominic introduces them the easy heat. And if you remember, this was the show that Dominic was originally going to be booked to take on Brock Lesnar. So he was going to have a prominent Mm. role on this show. And this was the right use of Dominic because it would have made no sense for him to have been out with Rhea in the main event. So utilize character. Mm. Yes. So Dunn, Dunn and Bate send Dominic out of the ring after he gets all this heat from the crowd. There was a chance of Dom as a wanker. And uh, Cole gives us a history lesson about the fabulous kangaroos and then compares uh, Pete Dunn to Fit Finley, minus the um, mysterious son of his. Um, well, that we know of. Yes, you're right. I mean, well, could, uh, no could Pete idea. Dunn have an unknown son? Yeah, could, could Pete Dunn know. be someone's unknown son? All possible, yes. They get the advantage on bait. There's a cheap shot from Dominic on the floor, and Cole's just screaming, calling him a fool. And they're beating down on bait until uh, they make their comeback. There's the rebound lariat off the ropes by bait into a German by Dunn. And then bait lifts Priest for the super long airplane spin. And Graves asks, do you do this in the opposite direction in Australia regarding uh, the toilets, which he does know is in fact the myth. And the bitter end is hit on Dunn. Dom makes the save. So the crowd is booing him loudly. Tyler Bate then rats on him, tells the referee and the referee, Aja Smith, you did that? Dominic's like, no, I didn't. And she ejects him. She was not taking his word. And uh, so he's gone. Balor misses the coup de grace. Dunn snaps the fingers and they hit the double Tyler driver. I have learned that Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate, they have come together and their options were, you want to come up with a bunch of, new tandem offense offensive spots and they were like no let's do all of our normal moves but together and that's pretty much what their big moves are it's like we'll just what's better than a tyler driver a double tyler driver 
So they hit it, but Priest yanks Bate to the floor. There's another rebound lariat by Bate that's turned into a reverse bloody Sunday by Balor. Calls for the razor's edge, but that is countered with a Rana. And they double tre- they double team Priest and then hit a double burning hammer because what's worse than one burning hammer? It's a double version as Kenta Gobashi and Outback Jack both getting referenced in this match by the commentators. Right. Done. Well, this one, they, they, they actually have a, a new name for it. It's called the Birmingham, uh, named after their hometown of Birmingham, which I thought was brilliant. I, I immediately love this move. We will see how often they get to use this match on a regular edition of SmackDown. This might be a, a the Birmingham, the Birmingham. Yes. It is a good name. Dunn and Bate try to send Priest off the turnbuckle, but Balor is holding on to Priest's leg to prevent it, and he hits a double south of heaven off the buckle, leaving Dunn to be hit with the coup de grace, and Finn Balor pins him in 17 minutes and 45 seconds. I would say, like, wrestling-wise, um, this might have been the best match on the show. I think if, the, if there was any, like, holdup, it was just you could see, like, Dunn and Bate very much just felt like the the challengers for the month for the judgment day. I never got the sense the crowd was really believing they were going to win this match, but they're an excellent team together. And this was one of the matches I was certainly looking forward to on the show. If there was any match on the show that you feel might've been a, a late addition, just um, because of the loss of, of a Brock Lesnar Dominic, maybe it would have been this one. Well, they, they didn't really have a whole lot of, um, I mean, Dunn and Bit are a very new team here. And I would say they're not really established enough to feel like they, you could justify a stadium level tag title challenge with them. But the fact that they decided to put them here, I think tells you a whole lot about how much Lebec thinks of Dunn and Bate as wrestlers who could purely just get over from having a long match. How long was a match, John? It was almost 18 minutes. That's, that's pretty considerable, you know, especially when you're talking about a team that is not like, hasn't really fully ingrained themselves to, to a main roster audience yet. Uh, In particular, they gave a lot of ring time to, Tyler Bate, who I felt like was, you know, a bit of a project in this match um, to, to sort of, um, you know, get established to, to a bigger audience. And I feel like he did that, you know, the helicopter uh, or airplane spin, wh- whatever you want to call it, um, in particular, seems to be like a new Cesaro swing that, you know, immediately gives him sort of this identifiable um, thing for his wrestling. In terms of double T moves, I, I, I mean, I, I think they were a lot of fun to watch immediately. They are one of the more cohesive tag teams in the entire division. And um, one of the more experienced ones, I think when you just simply look at, you know, um, how long they've been tagging together and, and how long they, how great of uh, wrestlers they are. So they immediately got over just by their wrestling alone. I just hope they don't get lost now that they've, you know, unsuccessfully cha- challenged for the titles. Then it was the Grayson Waller effect that starts with Austin Theory in the ring who insults Australia. He hates Vegemite and insults Outback Steakhouse. And I don't know, this just kind of fell flat because he just immediately moves on to introducing Grayson Waller. Do Australians hate Outback Steakhouse? It did not. The Vegemite they reacted to, the Outback Steakhouse, it was like, okay, whatever. And he just introduces Grayson Waller and Waller comes out total like baby face reaction here. They know he was a high school history teacher prior, which I was not aware of. And there on the front row is Tai Tuivasa, who he does a shoey with and says, this might be the best day of my life doing a shoey with Tai Tuivasa. I mean, that is a 
quite, quite the, the life recap of Grayson Waller. I guess and so. Yeah. The crowd is just in love with him. Seth Rollins is introduced first, and Seth Rollins comes out wearing pants that I'm pretty sure Michael Hayes wore when he was paired with the Hardys in 1999, and is followed by Cody Rhodes um, with tons of fireworks this was maybe the the greatest introduction for someone coming out for an interview segment and waller then turns by backing up roman reigns and acknowledging the tribal chief and he kind of plays like heel here but not overt to the to the crowd but it was his role here he asks rollins who do you want to face at wrestlemania who do you want to win the chamber match and rollins reveals he's days away from being medically cleared and the winner won't stand a chance at wrestlemania waller then says well, Cody, Rock versus Roman Reigns would have been the biggest main event ever. Do you feel selfish taking it away from all of us? Cody explains he's a fan of The Rock, but then goes on to mock all of his catchphrases and asks if there's any Cody crybabies out there. So everyone cheers. Yeah, we're crybabies. And he addresses, he says, I want to address the question that has been out there. Why I stepped out of the main event and then stepped back in. It's like, okay, finally, they're going to tie this up. Never explained this. He just moved no. on. He was, it was like, <laughs> maybe that was the explanation is like, hey, I, I referenced it in my promo. If you didn't understand what I meant, then that's on you. I, I, I mean, the no fact that he brought it here. I, I'm I'm sensing it's it's more of a sort of a teaser, you know, uh, to tell us, hey, you're going to eventually get that explanation when we really ramp up this build for, for Rock versus Cody. Uh, otherwise, I don't think he would have brought it up at all. The one, like the... The one thing they have going for them that is the ultimate like pro wrestling, we can redo anything, is the moment in the ring where Rock talks into his ear. And you mm-hmm. can explain anything. Yeah. We're going we're just gonna fuck him. Okay. So this is the whole two month plan here. I'm going to just whisper into your ear and we're just gonna go with it. And whatever Cody says at the end, that that can be attributed to it. But mm. Rhodes says that. You call yourself the people's champion, but to be the people's champion, you actually have to be around the people. And I'm facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, but before then, my schedule's free. I want a one-on-one match with The Rock anytime, any place. So maybe yeah. maybe a, a house show near you. And Rollins says he admires the challenge by Rhodes, but says there is no such thing as a one-on-one match when the bloodline is involved, and you won't be fighting this battle alone. And it's uh, interjected by Austin Theory, who does a bunch of rock shtick, mocks Cody, and it ends with him being laid out with the Cody cutter and a stomp by Seth Rollins. So obviously getting a workout here on on that knee. And that's how the segment ended. And we're no further closer to the the match being announced of this involvement for night one. Well, this seemed to me like a change of direction, don't you think, John? This was not them announcing or hinting even at a tag team match. This was Cody directly challenging The Rock in a singles capacity. But you also have Seth Rollins interjecting here that you won't be fighting them alone. So, I mean, I think like you're no further ahead. of. I think you're getting a Cody. They have clearly planted the seeds now for a Rock Reigns match, for a Rock Cody match. Like they are throwing all these options out there. And what you actually see um wrestlemania weekend i mean you could certainly just believe you're still getting this this tag match i i could also believe that we're getting cody versus the rock you know uh, judging by this promo alone and really not any sort of like outside news um you know i i mean i feel like if you were going to get the tag match announcement you wouldn't have thrown out cody versus the rocket in a singles match out there because in comparison a tag team match feels lesser um so it it kind of 
made me at least you know wonder if we would even get the tag team match or if we'd get be getting a singles cody versus rock match on night one well rock is on smackdown on friday and um we'll see if this is, um, moves a- any forward but um i mean the, all these characters it's it's a really red hot streak that they are on with this this whole main event scene that they have and now, and now you'll attach drew to it uh, as well with uh what yeah. we too soon but if it anyway, is a, a singles match with cody and the rock um what would that tell you about like where dwayne johnson's at you know like obviously everything would be his call whether or not you know he would want to do a tag team match or a singles match well you would think you would have to if you if you go that direction it would have to be with the caveat like your your winner gets roman the next night like that would be the reason for the match man it? i don't think they do I, I don't think that's changing anymore i don't think they would dangle that that like uh they, they would dare take even tease take away cody versus roman at this point well there's also and like i threw this idea out before the like again if you go the singles route there's the argument of rock beating cody and cody's yep. still winning the next night and then your mm-hmm. big match for later is cody cody now has matches set up with drew and he's got the bigger match with the rock if you have losses to these guys as well there's there's that idea as well that you know he can come out of it he's like i finished my story but now i have a new one because i i was only one and one this past weekend and mm-hmm. that could be SummerSlam. that could be whenever that could be saudi arabia it could be whenever mm. um so, I mean, again, I, th- I think you have a lot of options at your disposal, and I think things are more more fluid, at least as you are watching all of these uh, different entanglements. Men's chamber match. What did you think about the, the match placement here? Um, Maybe a little bit surprised that they ended with Nia versus Rhea. Um, just given, not because of Rhea, obviously, she was the biggest star of the entire weekend, but just because of the relative sort of unknown... Um, uh, you know, capability of a Nia Jax to deliver a main event level match. But um, this is, you know, obviously we could talk about our thoughts about the match afterwards, but there's no denying the closing shot of this show with Rhea Ripley, um, you know, standing tall, that that was going to be sort of your your money-making big celebratory moment that you, you certainly couldn't deny. So I, I had nothing against it. The men's chamber match has L.A. Knight, Drew McIntyre, Logan Paul, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, and Kevin Owens. They did an angle with Lashley on SmackDown where he was attacked with a chair shot by Karrion Cross, so he had his arm wrapped up as a result of this. Knight and Drew begin, and this was really tough for Drew McIntyre and L.A. Knight because not only were they starting what was going to be nearly a 40-minute match, but they had the jet lag uh, coming in from SmackDown last <laughs> night where they closed the show. I mean, this it was like just really really close that they were even going to make it here uh unbelievable um you know they're workhorses aren't they that's the, c- clearly uh, as well yeah. so it's, it's amazing Every, everyone in this match made it uh safely from <laughs> from last night's smackdown uh, unbelievable yeah uh there's a cm punk chant at the beginning first time in like a decade that they've welcomed a, a cm punk chant and drew does the gts gesture as he lifts up night but night stops that and the knight just rams Drew's head into the pods, including Kevin Owens' pod, where Owens is smashing the pod from inside as Drew's head is connecting. That bulletproof plexiglass? Yep, yep. If oh. uh, bullets wouldn't get through this, but Drew's head might. And then we had the Slim Jim countdown clock, and the first time this shows up, they just plaster it in the right over the screen. I was like, "Is this the ultimate like make good to Slim Jim?" But uh, it seemed like it was an error. 
Yeah. Um, Kevin Owens comes in and he choke slams LA Knight, and they inform us he's never he never does choke slams, but he promised a make a wish child he would hit a choke slam. That was their request in this match, so that was kind of cool. Hmm. Yes. Very. Um. Great gesture. I mean, what if the what if the kid um suggested something like a shooting star press? Put LA Knight through a flaming table. <laughs> let's probably let, would have done let, it. Let, let's uh tone it down a little. Um, Owens hits a code breaker senton combo to Drew landing on top of LA Knight, and then he goes to the corner and right in front of Randy does the Randy Orton pose on the turnbuckle, and Randy looked uh none too impressed with this. Bobby Lashley comes in next. Uh, Randy Orton is in fifth and hits a draping DDT to Kevin Owens landing on the floor. And do Randy Orton selling his back. This man can sell his back from now until the end of his career. And it will be believable. I thought he was amazing selling this back for the rest Mm -hmm. of the match. This was like another 20 minutes or so of selling this back. And it was off like something so simple, like a draping DDT. This man, like this last portion of his career, however long it goes, it will all be getting the most out of the least. And that is something Randy Orton is exceptionally talented at. He's entering his Tanahashi phase. Uh, yeah, tri- like that was one of the highlights of this entire match for, for me was to see Randy sell his back. And it's also worth noting how um they, they've now laid mats around the ring. So it's no longer just like, you know, metal, uh, you know, that was all, insane all that they did that Stupid. with the original incarnations. Like, yeah. It was like a really and this is pro wrestling. Out. You can make anything feel like it's hard, and this was evidenced by Randy Orton tonight. Even though he did the move on a mat, you could have sworn this was the most devastating bump he he's ever taken. That's it. Lashley spears L.A. Knight, uh, who rolls out of the ring, and then there's a back suplex uh, tonight by Randy, who's again just selling his back off of everything he does. Logan Paul is the final entrant. And Owens attacks him before he exits the pod. Somehow, Kevin Sucks is written on Logan's uh, pod. So I guess he snuck in marker, both brass maybe? knuckles and a Sharpie. Yeah, into, mm-hmm. into the pod. Lashley sends Owens through a pod, then spears Logan Paul through a pod. This was nuts. And the crowd chants, thank you, Bobby, just made uh, like this pod exploded. And he, and- he injured the, his, his arm, re-injured his arm off the spear. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll take Randy's spot over over Bobby's to sell the, the injured body part. Or Logan's. Yeah, or Logan's. Drew hits Lashley with a Claymore and then puts him in the ring, hits him with a second one, and Lashley is the first man out. Knight then stops an RKO, kind of hits a blunt force trauma, doesn't get all of it, and then hits one to Drew when literally out of nowhere comes AJ Styles. And you're like, where the, where the hell did this guy come from? But they covered it, like, Maybe he entered when Lashley was being exited from the ring and the door was open. So they, they gave you a reason for it. And it, it would be the only way he'd be able to enter. It's not I like was, he can climb, climb up from underneath the ring. In, maybe, in the chamber. maybe, you know, he was, you know, smuggled from like, um, who knows where. So AJ has a chair and not only was AJ back, but so I think there were like, a dozen more camera cuts than there were chair shots because um, I was seeing like triple um, at, at, at this hour. So AJ just murders LA Knight and Drew just lands on top and covers LA Knight as uh, as AJ is escorted out. That, that's a long trip for AJ to uh, just ruin this man's cho- uh, chances at the uh, at WrestleMania. But I mean, well worth it, I guess, if it works out. So, I mean, um, obviously these two have been in a feud for quite a while now, but uh 
Knight cost AJ his qualifying match, and I guess I had suspected that AJ would cost Knight his. And I guess AJ must have missed the flight to Raw to cost LA Knight his qualifying match. So it it necessitated this entire flight to Australia just to cost him the match. That's uh. I'd be kicking myself if I could have if I could have done this on Raw and avoided having to go to Australia on my weekend off. But hey, he uh, he made the sacrifice here, and we'll probably get a a, a Mania match out of it. So you got to think like that in 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 storyline form. Owens hits cannonballs to Drew and Orton, and then goes for the Swanton lands on Drew's knees, and the Claymore gets stopped by a pop up power bomb. He stuns Logan Paul. Owens then stops an RKO, and after a stunner attempt, it's countered. Randy hits the RKO, eliminating Owens. So we're down to Orton, Drew, and Logan Paul. And Logan Paul reveals that he has brass knuckles. And they go to this close-up of Logan Paul, which sets up the RKO out of nowhere. Really well shot, the, the way they did this. And pins Logan Paul. So he's gone. And with that... There's a draping DDT onto Drew. He's calling for the RKO, but it's blocked. Hits a spine buster again to the injured back of Randy. And he sets up for the Claymore, but Orton collapses. And out of nowhere uh, comes Logan Paul, who hits Randy with the brass knuckles as he's still in the ring. And Drew pins Randy Orton in 36 minutes and 53 seconds. So it will be Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. More than even the match, I really enjoyed the booking of this because at the end of it, you pretty much had everyone's WrestleMania slot lined up. I would like we know of Rollins and Drew. Obviously, they're going to do something with Logan and Randy. The only question mark would be Kevin Owens. If he's involved in that or something else, you're most likely getting AJ and LA Knight. And I would say Lashley, who was kind of odd man out in this. Him and the prophets seem tied with the final testament that you you pretty much have a good idea of all the directions here. And I thought that was the most effective part of what was like a very good chamber match. I wouldn't say it was like blow away great, but the mm-hmm. booking was pretty sound for setting up your various destinations. I agree with that. Yeah, I thought a good chamber match overall. I thought everybody had a pretty strong presence in terms of character in the match. No one really felt left out or forgotten. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I thought one of the highlights was Orton selling that lower back, which I thought was very, very well done through, throughout the entire thing. Um, Lashley's arm injury was pretty effectively used as well, you know, coming from last night over to tonight and breaking off into that carrying cross program. Um, I was surprised that Logan got pinned by Randy Orton because I thought for sure that, you know, um, Logan would have gotten pinned by Kevin or uh, – I. I thought Logan and Kevin Owens would have had like a bit more of a concrete sort of interaction to lead to whatever program that they would have. Turns out they have plans for Randy Orton versus Logan Paul, which I, it could be a three, three way with Kevin Owens, but I actually don't mind the idea of a singles match between Orton and, and Logan Paul, because it feels fresher to me and it feels like a big, big time potential WrestleMania type of, um, you know, level match. Um, Logan took a lot of punishment in this match, you know, between um, several bumps through the cell, that spear from Lashley. I thought he did perfectly well here, you know, um, the work in the match here was, I thought better than the women's, but um I kind of felt like the women's match made better use of the structure. Both of them, I thought, were good matches overall. But um, this one, you know, yeah, very effective in terms of booking. Yeah, uh, I guess, again, the question mark would be Kevin Owens and where he fits. I mean, if, I would certainly look at the singles match as a lot more interesting than a three-way. 
I mean, the mm-hmm. ideal scenario would be, you know, you're, you you have Randy and Kevin Owens against the Paul brothers. That would be your your way to go. Interesting. I think Jake All Paul right. has a fight coming up pretty soon, though. Yeah, yeah. I maybe KSI. Yeah, or I mean, or Jeff. Okay, loser has to bathe themselves in prime energy. Oh, awful! Be like that. Uh, that that orange. Uh, what was it? The uh, the match Jericho and Orange Cassidy did with the uh, the vat of orange juice, but you do it right. with prime. Yeah, these, these oh. are the things Randy has come back with, uh, like brainstorming <laughs> ideas. Paul Levesque comes out. Thanks, thanks everyone for showing up for welcoming us into your country. Thank you for this stadium. Yeah, thank you, fans, for building this for us and announces the crowd at 52,590. The last update from WrestleTix was Friday afternoon at uh, almost 49,000. So it probably was, um, we'll probably get a a final number, but this was pretty much very close to what was reported Friday afternoon and Mm -hmm. whatever tickets they moved in the last uh, 24 or so hours. In line with um, recent announcements as not being much of an exaggeration, if at all. We're not getting like 9,000 uh, uh, escalations like WrestleMania 24. So that's, mm-hmm. that's a positive. Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax closes the show. And uh, as expected, Rhea Ripley was the biggest star on the show coming out and noted that uh, her parents and her sister were among the 13 family members in attendance. And I mean, I thought this was like a super basic match in front of an incredible crowd with a tremendously over baby face like this was something i would expect at a house show but you know you're talking about a david versus goliath match you know with the hometown star no need to overcomplicate things people came here to see rear rear ripley win and you didn't need to overbook it at all i'm glad they didn't jacks just uh dropped her hitting a senton and just had the heat at the beginning she's working on the knee with a stretch muffler half crab and then ripley tries with a guillotine but jacks Gets out of that, misses the seated splash, and she hit a series of leg drops before missing on a third. And then they go to uh, first, there's an annihilator that gets prevented with Ripley lifting her on the shoulders and dropping her on the buckle and hits the uh, the Eddie Guerrero themed frog splash. Jax gets yanked by the leg off the apron, and Rhea clears the desk and she goes for a power bomb, but Jax turns it into a Samoan drop. And they did not clear the desk. So Ripley comes down on top of a monitor. And, dude, there's times the desk does not break. Dude, this one didn't budge. It was, like, oh. the most impacted. Like, this thing looked like it was made out of, like, um, the stuff the tripods were made out of, okay? This thing was ready to take bullets. And and the monitors, too. I know they're, like, L, oh. you know, L, LED monitors at, at, at this point. But, man, still, like, you can't, it can't feel nice to land on that. I've never fallen on top of a monitor. I don't want to fall on a monitor. I'll take the straight surface over the monitor any day of the week. So Rhea is just laying there. So Nia Jax proceeds to go stand on the office chair. And I'm just watching the uh, the optics in Optus Stadium of this idea where Jax is going to leap off of a chair with wheels on it onto the table that looked unbreakable. It's like, this could be the end of Nia Jax and Rhea Ripley. It's a swivel, swivel office chair, you know, and, and it's, it's Nia Jax. Okay. It's like, it's, you have to, she was very brave and, and I'm sure, you know, uh, was a little bit hesitant, but she finished the job here. She, she came off and the table broke. And I was amazed because I was like, there are like five different ways this could go wrong. And Mm -hmm. she did hit it. 
sets her up for the Annihilator, which, I mean, for six Jesus. months, they have been building up for this spot to kick out of the Annihilator, and the crowd goes nuts. She it's, she took all of this bonsai drop, okay? Like we've seen that's we've that's seen... the annihilator way. I mean, it's like there's <laughs> that's the annihilator, okay? This is as much so. of a shoot move as there is. There's like no the no landing on your feet like with Naya. It's like full body weight down. So yeah, this looked pretty annihilating. She goes for another one and it stopped when Ripley shoves her off. They fight on the turnbuckle, Rio with the superplex, head kick, and hits the riptide to retain the title in 1425. And the announcers go out of their way, putting over this is one of the best performances from Jax. And we get the big fireworks display and they plug Ripley and Becky for WrestleMania. So I thought the presentation of this was very good for Nia Jax. I, I thought she performed her, her role really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I've been, you know, critical of nia Jax, but they they have booked her exceptionally well during this run and it was to lead up for a big moment like this to have someone extinguish the monster heel and they did it on the biggest stage possible for rhea ripley so it was the big home country victory for rhea ripley again like i i didn't think the match in and of itself was like anything crazy but the crowd was amazing and both women played their roles really well and you got a big moment at at the end of it. So I don't think you could ask for much more of what you expected going into this. I don't think you could strictly judge like a lot of these matches based off of like in-ring work alone. You know, so much of it is about the atmosphere and I thought it was a a tremendous atmosphere uh, in this main event. Very successful underdog storytelling for Rhea Ripley who was really put through hell in this match. Um, Naya put some damage on Rhea, but if you're going to make it look real on any stage, it would be here for what would likely will likely end up being a, not just a career highlight, but maybe even a, a life highlight for Rhea Ripley. Um, I agree. Nia has been very effectively booked overall on this run and she deserves, I think a lot of credit for this incredible comeback that, that she's had. She's already outdone her initial run. She's been very effectively used as a giant in the division to oppose both Becky and Rhea in between their WrestleMania match. Um, Really, who else could you have put in against Rhea Ripley in a spot like this, you know, to justify a, a main event spot as an underdog for her in front of her home country? It, it it's a very very small list like if they had really done something with Shayna after SummerSlam like maybe but it doesn't have the visual of this with Nia Jax like Nia no. Jax was the the best person suited for for this role and I was curious at the end of this show if they would have done kind of the the stare down with her and Becky but I don't think they wanted to put Becky in the situation where she would have <laughs> been booed um but it would have been a cool visual if Becky comes out and they just this giant stadium and they're all chanting for Rhea. I still think for the night that would have been a cool ending to this show. But I'm sure you'll do the uh, the big segment with them on Raw or something. If if it wasn't uh, Rhea versus Nia headlining, I would have expected the women's chamber to headline and ending with that shot. You know, uh, 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 Becky winning and then having that stare down with Rhea. But this was a much more pure sort of baby face moment for Rhea Ripley, which I think everybody in the stadium was probably more happy for. You created a very much like a Davy Boy Smith type of moment here. You know, in Wembley with Rhea and. Um, maybe made lifelong fans with for several of the people that are in attendance tonight, you know, who knows? Uh, And certainly for Rhea Ripley, you know, just probably again, uh, uh, probably a a real highlight. And even if you're not Australian, like you watch any sort of wrestling show like this and you immediately kind of feel something, right? Like knowing how much it meant for not just the performer, but the people watching her. So, so much of the show, I thought it was an entertaining show overall. Um, I'm seeing in the chat room, a lot of people maybe not as pleased, but I, 
I found it very entertaining. You're talking about five matches, four of which I thought were uh, good, and uh, one kickoff match that didn't really need, you know, didn't really, it wasn't really expected to be good, but had, you know, a good atmosphere pr- pretty much throughout the entire show. Both chambers, the tag match was strong. Main event, too, I thought all of it was entertaining. I thought it was a serviceable show, which sounds like a backhanded compliment. But I thought, like, again, I thought it was like a good show in front of an amazing crowd and atmosphere that really elevated the feel of it. And um, the fact that it was Saturday morning, I think also if, if I was watching this in real time, um, th- th- this might have dragged a lot um, if, I, if I was watching this from start to finish at five in the morning. But, yeah, overall, I think the more so this show, it it gives you like the key directions for a lot of the main characters, which over this next week should probably become a lot more clear because we're about, you know, five, six weeks away. At this point, let's go to some of your feedback. We open up the phone lines to some of our patrons and also written feedback from forum.postwrestling.com. Let's go to Muggin. Hey, Muggin. Now you got sent to the land. Now you got sent to the upside down under. Oh boy. That's, that's our lead. Yeah, I, I had to start with that. Yeah, I mean. By the way, know. just a note, somebody in the chat room said that um, Grayson Waller mistook Outback Jacks for Outback Steakhouse. And he, uh, this person says that that's why the crowd didn't react to it. Whatever that means. Mm, okay. Um, yes. Um, look, at first, you know, at first, at first I rolled my eyes when I came back. But, you know, lately... Lately, 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 she's been booked to her strengths very effectively, and you know she understood the assignment for this main event. She like she did, like she she made Rhea look fantastic, and and Rhea got really and Rhea really got to be really got to be to speak got to be the underdog in this one, and to fight from underneath, and she got to be conquering here for one night, and um, it was also a great choice to have to, to keep Judgment Day, the rest of Judgment Day out of you know out of the way because that because then being there would have been too distracted because this was just like a this was like a, a sample of what Rhea could be as a baby face once you know her once Judgment Day is no longer a thing. Certainly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, the men's chamber match was the men's chamber match was damn good. Randy Orton's selling was masterful. I mean, because because you know. Somebody with somebody who's been around for like twenty years isn't isn't like booked as a sympathetic babyface, but with his recent back surgery and and with his recent back surgery, he can get a lot of mileage, you know, selling that. And like his selling in that match was just tremendous. And there's a lot of story, and there's like a lot of like you know directions coming out of it. Um, with um, with him and Logan Paul probably, LA Knight is clearly going to face AJ in Philadelphia. And uh, I don't. What do you I, see with with Kevin Owens? That's the, that's the thing, John. I don't know. I don't know where Kevin goes from here because I don't know where he goes from here because he still wants that rematch with Logan Paul. So I think he'll have to. I think he'll have to work his way in, into the match somehow. I don't know. I mean, probably a ladder match, potentially, or maybe some with, kind of four way. A four way. Interesting. Bianca Belair, I think, is a, is another sort of um, question mark right now. Like, I, who, I know exactly where she's going to go away. I know exactly where she's going to go. Oh, Jade. Well, no, 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 no. Her and Tiffany Stratton. Okay. Tiffany Stratton yeah. stole the chamber match, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty, su- I'm pretty surprised that Australia gave her such a huge reaction because she's only been on the main roster for like a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it, it was, it's a really good sign for for Tiffany Stratton that she got that reaction. I, I think tonight was like her her strongest performance coming up to the main roster by leaps and bounds. So that was a big positive for her coming out of the match, and not one that you would have necessarily telegraphed going in that um, she would have you know, been 
over to such a degree. I guess you're, you're, the, the question then naturally is, do you expect Jade Cargill to be introduced before WrestleMania? Does she become a post-WrestleMania introduction? Or maybe they could just, or, or I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're going to do like you know battle royals again. But if uh, if there's going to be like some sort some sort of women's battle royal, I, I bet she I bet she'll be there and probably win it. Because I mean you don't like you want to like you want to ease her like Jade needs to ease her way into 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 everything. So I think maybe, maybe you should introduce her in some kind of battle royal in, in Philadelphia, and then you know post WrestleMania they got it. They're going to go all in with her. So I'm sure everybody who wants to see her and in, in, wants to see her is going to need to be a little bit more patient. And the tag match is uh, the tag team match was very good. I mean, it was, yes. it was. And um, another thing too, I love Truth as much as anybody. But do you see like you know Truth and Miz becoming tag champions as a WrestleMania match? Because I don't know if it, I don't know if it's WrestleMania worthy. I love Truth as much as anybody, but who knows? The story's um, there. I mean, you have no one else heated up for the Judgment Day. That you know, it would not surprise me if if you went with. The, the the tag match for WrestleMania. I mean, for for honestly, for Balor and Priest, it's it's that, or you just like they don't have anybody else ready, and at least you have a hot character in Art Truth. I could I could certainly see that being the match. Yeah, I could, I could even see a multi multi tag team scenario. You know, like a four way. If you'd really just kind of want to up the sort of um I don't know work rate content of that particular match, but as as a character. It's going to get a great reaction. You know, Truth is one of the most over um, guys that they actually have on Raw. So um, for that reason, I think you're, you're going to get something involving them. But whether or not they include other tag teams, we'll see. Thank you for the call, yeah. Mungan. Appreciate it. One last thing. Um, last night I saw last night I saw um, No Surrender's main event. Mustafa Ali and Chris Aitman was very good. I do, plan, I do plan on catching the rest of the show later today. It's, it sounded like it was a great main event. I have not seen it myself. But, yes, it was um... – yeah, Mustafa Ali and Chris Saban, they did uh, headline the show. So that is uh, all for you, Muggan. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let's go to a couple super chats here, actually. We go to Cursory Mercenary, who sends five Australian dollars. So thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed the show in your own time zone, Cursory Mercenary. Uh, no no comment. Maybe a sticker attached to this. I can't really see it, unfortunately. But thank you for the support, Cursory Mercenary. I, I'm, ready, I'm ready for all of these people who need... Uh, um, the the ones that complain about the the time zone differences, let's just hand them over these these live shows. I think we're more than fine to uh, be able to <laughs> wake up a bit earlier for their sake. Rorb sends three Canadian dollars to say John needs a coffee. So there you go, three Canadian dollars. That would get you a nice double. Yeah, yeah. Th- thank you for telling large. me that sound like shit. I appreciate that. That's very nice. <laughs> Moving on. Maybe he just wants you to have a coffee in general. I mean, nothing to do with. It could be. You sound. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, let's go to our forum.postwrestling.com for some of your written feedback. Jeremy in Texas says, I woke up early for a solid show. When Kevin Owens arrives to the arena holding a koala, it just moves the needle. Great women's chamber match. Tiffany Stratton is the next big woman star. Cody was about to tell us the reason why he changed his mind about WrestleMania, and then he didn't. Let's hope for a payoff. Are you guys sold on visiting Western Australia? Seven shoeys out of ten. Um, I'd, I'd love to visit Western Australia. They they certainly gave you no shortage of uh, shots of the uh, country. I mean, this was this was a premium live event slash tourism ad, as a lot of these events are going to become. Yep. Yeah. Otherwise, what's why would they pay for it? Yeah, that's it. I mean, maybe we should pool our our dollars together so they can um you know just, just visit Scarborough. Yeah, show off like you know our houses. All right. Um, 
what happened to the koala? We never got an update. Like Kevin Owens comes out. Like, was this koala taken care of during the match? What happened afterward? Find out. Maybe that'll be a tune in on Friday. Okay. Just wanted an update. Uh, next piece of feedback uh, comes from Abbas. I hope I'm pronouncing right. Ever since I found out that this show would have an 11 a.m. start time, I have been stoked for some live daytime wrestling on a Saturday. This might be the first time since No Way Out 2009 where a major show between the Rumble and WrestleMania doesn't feel like a forced shoe-in token show. This show had much of what I love about watching wrestling, big-time feel, with good hype all around. I thought it paid off well. Uh, Star was born today in Tiffany Stratton. Best women's elimination chamber match I've ever seen. Even if I'm in the camp that agrees that the new chamber structure looks like something from an escape room in all ways that the old one felt like a slaughterhouse. The men's chamber still managed to be hard hitting and gritty. Grayson Waller effect segment was too long, too drawn out. I will round up the, uh, okay, a lot, a lot of math here. The eight, five to a nine out of 10 with bonus points for no slime green shirt wearing dude in the audience. Also shout out to big Bronson Reed. Okay. A lot of thoughts can uh, condensed in, in, into there, but overall sounds like you enjoyed the show. I'm not against the new chamber at all. Like, I mean, from the sounds of it, it seems a lot more sort of, um, um, I, I guess adjusted to, to the, uh, performer safety. Um, there's more room to jump from off the top. I mean, I, and, and the camera shots look great. So I, I like the new chamber myself. Uh, let's go to one more call here. And we go to from all the way from Perth, Australia to New Jersey. Hello, Brandon. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hey, Hello. <laughs> we hey. hot, we hot, man. Uh, Where's your camera? <laughs> Should I turn it on? I'm, yeah. I'm on a treadmill. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of all sweaty. Who cares? <laughs> no, we, we we don't need to see you. It's okay. Thanks, man. John, look, I pro- probably you. looking like Usher during the uh, the halftime show. <laughs> John, you look great, by the way. You don't need a coffee. Oh, thank you. It's good. Sense. It's good that you guys get to see sunlight and actually see that long episode of SmackDown today. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> But the main event today, it's, it's got to be Bellator versus PFL, right? I was going to ask you, are you plopping down the money? Are you going to be one of the uh, couple of buys that this pay-per-view gets? I heard Eric is doing a live stream. He's changing himself to a ch- his Boston Celtics chair, and uh, he's going to do a 25-hour fast to see who's uh, more hardcore of an MMA fan. Him or Jack you know, if there's one thing about Eric Marcotte that he could hate more than PFL with the constraints <laughs> of, a, of a television window. It's PFL with a pay-per-view window that could be unlimited that uh, God knows how long it will take to watch that one. <laughs> um, I'll be brief. I thought today, I thought the show was good. I saw the main event and I saw the uh, uh, the women's uh, – uh, the men's chamber and I, I saw the, the women's chair. I thought it was, it was solid. It was a solid show. It was – it was like a look like an extended smack episode of SmackDown, like I, I, except it's in different time zones. Like I, I, I'm not trying to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a jerk or anything. I don't know. SmackDown. You sound like a jerk. <laughs> I need that coffee, don't I? Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, one more thing: uh, Are you disappointed that uh, AJ isn't rocking his uh, true religion uh, bootcut jeans? <laughs> As his lone wolf persona that he did in uh, TNA in uh, 2010. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised it, it, they kept talking about how hot it is in, in in Perth. I mean, the guy was like all in black with those jeans. I mean, he probably like sweat ten pounds off during that uh that that run in. His soccer mom haircut too. Uh, and uh, I, are you I saw... are you on? You're still on your treadmill? Yeah, I am. I am. I paused. Imagine second if he fell. If he like lost balance as we're we're talking, then I'd want the video of that. It, it's like a walk and talk, right? Yeah, talk, uh, yeah, it feels like we're talking Aaron Sorkin here. 
<laughs> and one more thing, uh, I saw Tamatanga got a standing ovation. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I can't wait for his NXT uh, Bullet Club run with uh, with the uh, Gallows and Anderson. <laughs> Is that going to happen or not? Um, Probably. Can, uh, we'll see. All right, Most guys. Uh, guys, enjoy enjoy the rest of your day. It's good to see sunlight. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Good night, Brandon. Goodbye. One Eastern. I don't know what 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 his good night is and what his good morning is. He has odd hours as well. Did you see any of the New Japan show today? Did you hear about any of the uh, the? Uh, I saw some of the Matt Riddle uh, Tanahashi match. Um, I was partially watching the Nick Namath David Finley match. But tell me, what did you catch? Well, that was Friday show, and then today was the the second show with, with the the New Beginning show. So I have not seen the main event. Uh, I was like mid midway through the hair versus hair match when we started doing this, but I did watch the. Uh, the Tamatonga send-off where, I mean, it was between the two matches. I actually think they did like a better job of Tamatonga leaving than they even did with Okada. Like Okada did the 10-man tag. And, you know, here is going to be him teaming with Tanahashi for the final match. And then Tanahashi injures his ankle and gets replaced by Toriyano at the last minute. So Tanahashi's out. And, I mean, it was just a standard 10-man tag. And Okada goes over. He pins Callum Newman with the Rainmaker and... They did. I mean, it was just like, you know, they treated like, here's the legendary figure that's going out. And then at the end of the night, he comes out with uh, Tetsuya Naito and Naito puts the fist in the air. And they think like Okada and him are going to like, they're going to fist in the middle. And instead, Naito, they they go to like uh, fight, but it's done as sort of like, we're just kind of kidding around. And then at the end, they kind of, you know both acknowledge each other as these rivals that are going their separate paths. And that was sort of the end of uh, Okada with Tamatonga. It was like they, it was him and Tangaloa against El Fantasmo and Hikuleo and, you know, Tamatonga and Hikuleo are their brothers. So this was the story of like Hikuleo having to put down his brother who he hit the godsend with and reluctantly had to, I'm sorry, I love you pin Tamatonga. And I thought it was like a really I thought it was way more effective. Like with Okada, I just, they did the safest, least interesting departure where it was just, let's do a retirement ceremony for, or treat it like that. Like here is the guy that we are just going to usher off. He's moving on. He's graduating. And you, at the end of it, you just feel like, okay, the big star is leaving and you're watching this. And from these two shows, if you're, to me, the importance would be, yes, we're losing Okada, but look at all the stuff we have coming up. And what you have as the fresh new toys are Nick Nemeth and Matt Riddle winning titles this weekend. And I don't know how much that is going to be exciting people over the long haul. Like, it's fine, but I don't know. Hmm. I, I just think they really could have done so much more with Okada's final set of matches. And I just thought it was really disappointing in that sense from a booking standpoint. It really is strange, you know, and and obviously it remains to be seen what sort of um, interaction Okada might continue to have with New Japan going forward. But no matter what the excuse, I think there's a lot to be done just with this this particular run uh, of the final matches that I feels like a almost like purposely, um, I don't know, underemphasized, you know, um, to an extent. Uh, so I don't I don't know. Well, there you go. That is the new beginning cards, which... Who lost uh, their hair? Um, Yoda Suji won the match. So, Yuya Yuimura. Uh, how does he, how does he uh, look? I didn't, I didn't see the visual of it, but I'm sure people can find it pretty pretty easily. Again, I was only midway through the match. So, um, 
Anyway, that will be covered in depth later today with Bruce Lord and Karen Peterson going through the highlights of both nights on the Post Wrestling Cafe. So if you want to jump on board, postwrestlingcafe.com, $6 gets you the whole month and all of our uh, extra audio shows available. And there are two coming your way because tonight collision course with Kate from Montreal and John Ceno. And we can actually uh, pull up the card for tonight. It's quite an interesting collision show in um, Springfield, Missouri. That did not pay a site fee for this card, but they are getting Brian Danielson against Junakiyama, a no DQ match between powerhouse Hobbs and Sammy Guevara, Malachi Black against Brian Keith, FTR against Lee Moriarty and Shane Taylor, Serena Deeb versus Kiera Hogan, and then Billy and Colton Cunn teaming with Jay White against a unknown team in a trios match and Thunder Rosa will be in action, but yeah, Danielson and Akiyama, they had several tag matches when Danielson was doing Noah, but that was back in 0708. This will be their first singles match, and I would venture to guess their only singles match that you'll ever see. Good chance of that. Yeah, I'm very excited to see this one. You would expect uh, Eddie Kingston to have some integration in the match itself. So um, if you don't have enough wrestling on a Saturday, watch tonight and then tune into Collision Course 1005 Eastern Time in the Post Wrestling Cafe. All right, so we have plenty of shows coming your way later on today. The next time you will hear from me, we are going to be doing two editions of Pollock and Thurston this week. So I will be back with Brandon on Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So you can tune in live for that show coming up. And then Wayne and I will be speaking with you Monday night with Rewind to Raw. So thanks to everyone for joining us. And again, um, not my coffee. You got your coffee. Thank you very much for that super chat. And thank you to chop-tees.com. That's where you can get all of our post-wrestling merchandise. 20% off several hoodies and also T-shirts with the purchase of select hoodies in uh, support of Black Creators for Black History Month for the rest of February. So just all that information at chop-tees.com. Also, thank you to our sponsors uh, that, that, you, uh, that support this channel. Go support them so you can support us. We appreciate it as always. We will speak with you coming up on Monday. And that is it for our review of Elimination Chamber. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.